Hey y'all, welcome to the Lead Her Ship podcast. I'm Brittany Howard, a mama of six and top leader of a multi-million dollar team, and I love to talk about leadership topics that maximize our impact in our homes, relationships, and in the marketplace as we endeavor to juggle all of our responsibilities well. This podcast is for Christian mamas who either are leaders in network marketing or who aspire to be. I have coached a lot of people to the six-figure level and beyond, and I'm going to share with you here what I share with my team that has helped us build this business with a long-term focus in mind and have very meaningful relationships throughout the journey. We're going to dive into the emotions and thoughts that come with building a business. We're going to deal with relationship dynamics that come with leading a team, especially when your team happens to be your actual friends. We're going to discuss ways to help your team catch the bigger vision with you and how to coach them to success. And we're going to do it all through a biblical lens. Okay, so last week we talked about the process of moving people forward in their business by influencing them to take the next steps. And it always starts with vision casting and making them believe that they can do this and that the vision is actually possible for them, which is the first step in influencing people, shaping their thinking. And then we talked about how we would give them an action plan, hold them accountable by asking questions. And both of those things are the challenge ingredient of influencing. And then we would also, in the meantime, be displaying our personal results. And that is the third ingredient in influencing, which is role modeling. And then we talked about how to determine if someone's lack of consistency in their recruiting was due to a mindset issue, a skill set issue, or an influence issue. And how if the person is not recruiting consistently because they're just flat out not taking the action required consistently, then it's almost always a mindset issue. And we talked about a couple of the common mindset issues of I don't want to be salesy and I don't want to be perceived as only caring about a sale and how to respond to each of those. And today we're going to continue with those common thoughts and beliefs and fears that will halt people in their consistency habits. But before we jump in, let me remind you to get your hands on that coaching your team through the four pillars flowchart. If you're already subscribed to emails, then you should already have this in your inbox. If you're not, then click the link in the show notes so that you can get your hands on a copy of this because you're going to want to reference it as we are talking through this process. Okay, so let's talk about this thought or belief of I don't want to bug people or I don't want to be annoying. So when people say this to me, I generally keep it light and respond with a joke. And I will say something like, well, that's good. I'm real glad you don't want to be annoying because imagine if you did want to be annoying, what that would be like. Like, I probably wouldn't want to work with you if you did want to be annoying. So that is, that's a great relief to me. So glad that you don't actually want to be annoying to people. So we have a good laugh. I definitely want to keep it light because this is a very real fear. But I think oftentimes people don't, they don't realize how they come across 
when they say stuff like that. Um, but it does kind of make you pause and go, do they think that I'm being annoying? They think that I like being annoying. Okay, but in all seriousness, I will ask them, did you feel annoyed the last time someone tried to sell you something that met an actual need that you had? And I'm not limiting this sale to network marketing. I mean, period. When is the last time someone sold you something or at least attempted to? to meet an actual need that you had. That could be a billboard riding down the road. It could be an advertisement on TV or the radio or on social media or a flyer that they got in the mail that had coupons on it for discounted pizza. Who doesn't need that on a Friday night, right? The point is, I want them to describe for me a positive experience that they have had where someone sold them something that they wanted or that they needed. And I would ask them, what is the difference? What is the difference between the way that person or that company or business was marketing to you versus the way you are marketing your offer? Whether it's your products or your business opportunity, what's the difference in the marketing? Is there a difference? Where is this thought coming from? Has someone told you that you're being annoying or is this just an assumption? And oftentimes when people are saying that they don't want to bug people or annoy people, it's usually in regards to the follow-up. Sometimes it could be in regards to cold reach outs, but most of the time when I hear this, it's in regards to the follow-up. And so if it is in regards to the follow-up, then I would give an example of how when Gap is having a sale, they email me the whole week. They will email me to announce the sale. They will email me three days in so that I don't forget about it. They will email me two days before it's closing, the day before it's closing, the day it's closing, an hour before it's closing, just so that I don't forget. And there have been many times where I have gotten a sequence of emails like that about a sale or something that I'm going to miss out on that the company knows that I'm probably not going to want to miss out on because it's a really good value. And I have been very grateful to get reminders because if I hadn't had that level of follow-up, then I would have missed out on something that was valuable to me. And so I want them to think along those same veins. So I'm going to get them to think of an example where that has happened in their own life. Because this isn't just about me. I mean, I can share my stories and offer perspective, but they also have to own it too. They have to own their thinking. They have to own their own beliefs. And in order for them to own it, they have to come to these conclusions on their own. So you've got to get them to think of real life examples from their own experiences. And the next question I would ask them is, what are you believing about the value of what you are offering. Because if your neighbor's house was burning down at two o'clock in the morning, would you have this fear then? That if you go over there and start beating on her door at two o'clock in the morning, are you going to have a fear that you would bug her or that you would annoy her? 
I mean, you may have a slight twinge of that, but probably not because you'd be more focused on how you could serve her, right? You know that the value of what you are offering her in that moment is way more important than whether or not you are going to annoy her. So do you believe that what you are offering is incredibly valuable to this person, whether they know it or not? And are you willing to tell them so that you can serve them? Or would you rather let this fear hold you back? And if you do let this fear hold you back, what is it going to cost you? And what is it going to cost them? The fact of the matter is that oftentimes our prospects don't know that they have a need for our product or our service. But people will eventually say things like, thank you for being persistent but not pushy. Persistence is important in business. Being pushy is not. Persistence communicates that you care about a person's potential or about a person's result. Being pushy says, I want you to do this thing because I'm going to be the one benefiting. That's very different than being persistent. And you do not have to be pushy in order to be persistent. Did you know that before the 1930s, people didn't brush their teeth every day? And they, a lot of people did use a toothbrush, but they had like this powdery stuff that they would brush their teeth with for the people who did brush their teeth. Most people did not. But during the 1930s is when brushing your teeth daily with toothpaste that actually cleans your teeth and freshens your breath became a habit for most Americans. Can we just like have a moment of appreciation for whoever those salespeople were in the 1930s that persisted <laughs> that we and insisted that we need this product? It would greatly benefit us. The point is that just because someone is unaware of a need that they have does not take away the reality of a need that they actually do have, that you have a solution for. And the bottom line here is, if people perceive that you care, they are not going to be annoyed. But even when you really, truly do care, there are still going to be some people who will be annoyed. And the fact of the matter is, those just aren't your people. Are you going to let those few opinions rob you of your potential? How much are those few opinions truly worth? Because if you allow those few opinions to rob you of your potential, do you know how much that is actually costing you? And is it worth it? These are the types of things I would be asking this person who is sitting in that fear. Five years from now, those few people who would be annoyed at your attempt to uncover and meet a need that they have, those people, even if you did quit, let's just say you quit and you never mentioned your product or opportunity ever again. 
five years from now, those few people still won't be impressed with you. Even if your situation is exactly the same then as it is right now, they're still not going to be impressed. Even if you don't ever do anything with this opportunity, what would impress those people with these opinions is if you were to prove them wrong. And I've seen this happen many times where there are doubters and haters. I've, I've had uh, people be very rude to me. I've had people be very rude to people on my team. The most successful ones, they just keep going anyway. Um, one of my top producers, she actually had somebody make a public live video making fun of her for earning a shopping spree and for driving a brand new company-sponsored Lexus around town and for being as successful as she is. He literally made a live video that all of their mutual friends that they both grew up with, they all saw it, and he's just, like, totally mocking her. And he wasn't mocking her for failing. He was mocking her for being very successful. Why do you think that he was doing that? Is it because, was it coming from a place of, like, feeling like he was better than her? Absolutely not. He, the motive, the root behind that behavior is feeling inferior and wanting to bring others down to his level. The happy ending to that story is that eventually there was an apology because this girl refused to let that person's opinion rob her of her potential, of what this opportunity could mean for her family. She just decided to keep going anyway, regardless of what he thought or anyone else. And she is now a very, very successful top earning leader. And I think she would tell you that it was worth it. But even if, even if those few people are still, you're at the top of the company, you're earning multiple six figures and beyond, driving the free car, going all, on all of the luxurious trips and taking your family with you. You have changed so many lives and have influenced so many people with what you are offering them, not just with your products and your opportunity, but also with just your character and who you are and what you're helping other people achieve. Even then they still might not be impressed. But who cares? Who cares? So for somebody who is genuinely struggling with this fear of, essentially it's a fear of what people think. These are the types of conversations that I would be having with people. I would be shaping their thinking. I would be challenging them to grow and push past that fear and I would be role modeling it because I'm doing it myself. And I could tell them countless stories of times where I have had naysayers or someone on my team has and then pushed through it and the results that came of it. Every single successful person in the history of ever has had naysayers. The difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is not the amount of naysayers that they have had or have not had. The difference is how they respond to the naysayers. It's do they make the choice to keep going anyway or are they going to let it rob them of their potential and of their future? 
successful people don't let the naysayers stop them. Okay, next thought or fear. People don't like MLMs. If someone is believing that people don't like MLMs, then they likely won't recruit consistently. They likely will, if they do recruit consistently, they definitely are not going to believe that people would want to build a network marketing business. And so they likely would not consistently create new business builders. And so this is definitely a belief that is limiting and putting a cap on someone's potential. So I would ask questions like who? Who does not like MLMs? Is there a specific person in mind who has influence over you? Let's talk through that. Because here's the truth. I feel like these days, MLMs are pretty popular. Most people do love MLMs now because, I mean, they get great products from those companies and great service, which is rare these days. Especially in our post-COVID world, great service attached to a product is um, great customer service is invaluable to people. And you get that when you purchase products or a service from a network marketing company. And so most people do appreciate and purchase from multi-level marketing companies. And I would say people are more open than ever to this type of opportunity. So I would want to ask questions for the person who has this belief that is limiting them. Who do you know who doesn't like MLMs? What are their objections? Why do they have this influence over you? And are their opinions worth you giving up on your potential here? One example that I often give is Oftentimes, my dad, who is a pastor, my dad's a pastor, um, he likes to play golf. And he meets new people all the time, and he will share how he could be in conversation with someone, and they could be using profanity and just talking filthy, and then it gets to the part of the conversation about, oh, what do you do, or where do you work? And when he says, oh, well, I'm a pastor at this church, their whole entire posture changes. Their language gets cleaned up magically and their topics of discussion shift. And sometimes there's even kind of snide remarks of, oh, let's not talk about that right now in front of the preacher. Ha ha ha. So does that mean that because people make these judgments uh, or have these preconceived ideas about how a preacher is or what a preacher ought to be or how they should behave in front of a preacher, does that mean that my dad is doing something wrong or bad because he's a preacher? Obviously not. Okay, so again, this one goes back to fear of what people think. And oftentimes people just need to understand that you can be the ripest, juiciest peach in the world, and there's always going to be someone who does not like peaches. And that has nothing to do with the quality of the peach that you are. Okay? Okay, next thought. Will it be worth it? Will I actually be successful here? 
So this one is a just lack of self-confidence, lack of belief that they can do it. And so my questions for this type of person would be, well, why wouldn't you be successful here? What would keep you from being successful here? Oftentimes the root is comparison. Like they are looking around and they're comparing themselves to the people that they consider to be successful and they think I'm not like that person or that person or that person. And so therefore I can't be successful. So for these people, I think it's really helpful for them to find people in their company who are like them that they can relate to who are very successful so that they can be inspired that if that person can do it, they can do it too. And they don't have to be someone other than who they are. That's actually one of the first things I do when I have a new business builder is I will say, oh my gosh, you remind me so much of so-and-so in my company who is crazy successful, but you remind me so much of them for this reason and that reason. I want you to go and look them up on Instagram or Facebook and follow them. Because I want that person to be inspired by that person. I want them to be able to see themselves being successful at this. And in order for them to see themselves as being able to be successful at this, they have to be able to see that there are others here like them that have been successful at this. And I have like this kind of like an ongoing mental Rolodex of success stories of people in my company who have achieved significant levels of success and how they did it so that I can share with a new person just a list of a few names of people that they would relate to. And a lot of times when people lack self-confidence or they have low belief in themselves, what they are believing is that they don't have influence. They are believing that they don't have the ability to influence people to purchase their products. Or even if they did, they don't believe that they could influence someone to be willing to take a risk in building this opportunity with them. And so what they are lacking is belief in their ability to influence others. So these people need to know, first of all, that the only way to really fail at this is to quit. That's the only way you're going to fail. So I would ask questions like, first of all, are you willing to work? And are you willing to learn? Because if you're willing to do those two things, then influence is something that you can learn. The skills to grow this business, something that you can learn. And if you're willing to put the work in to learn the skills and also grow your business, do the income producing activities, then you're not going to fail. That is a recipe for success. And if they're believing that they don't have influence, another question that I might ask them is, do you want to have influence? And if you truly do want to have influence, you want to become a person who has the ability to influence others for the good, are you willing to work in order to build that? What do you really want? Is it more important to you to be able to influence people or to be comfortable? And there's not a wrong answer here. This is just 
for self-evaluation. I mean, you will have to be honest, but there's no wrong answer here. So I totally would take the pressure off of them, but that is what I would ask them. And again, this is the process of shaping someone's thinking combined with challenging them to grow. All right, here is another common thought pattern that keeps people from being consistent. I am an all or nothing type of person. I go all in, go hard, and then I burn myself out. And that keeps me from being consistent. So for those people, I would probably ask, is that bringing you the results that you want? Because that's actually a choice. That is a label that you have given yourself. And you're labeling yourself that way because of uh, patterns of choices that you have made. But you can choose to make different choices. So again, I would say, do you want to continue in that pattern? Is it bringing you the results that you want? And that's not a question that has any judgment attached. It is a legitimate question because some people may enjoy that, you know, going full throttle and then taking a period of rest and then going full throttle again. But I don't think normally you're going to get an affirmative answer here. Most of the people who are saying I can't be consistent because I am all or nothing, then I burn out. Those are people who they are very, very intense, but they're not being consistent. And consistency beats intensity any day of the week. And y'all have heard me say this over and over, but in order for somebody to be consistent long-term, they have to work on being consistent before they add the intensity. Intensity can bring speed. However, if you add intensity before you've mastered consistency, what it's going to bring is a cycle of burnout. So the person needs to be made aware that this is actually a choice that they are making. It's a label they have given themselves based off their own patterns of choices, but they can choose to do something different and they just need perspective on the fact that consistency can also produce speed, but maybe not speed at first. The speed would come from a compound effect over time. If they could just master habits of consistency first, then they can build upon it. You don't want your people falling into the trap of thinking that b just because they have had this pattern of being very intense and then needing to take a huge break that they can't do something different in the future because that hurts their self-confidence. That type of thing causes people to think, I don't know if I can actually do this. Because they know intuitively that they're not going to be able to sustain it. Even if they could do it in the short term, they know it's not a sustainable way to live forever. And so they just see this as a short-term thing. And so if they're not being consistent or working their business in a way that is sustainable, they're not going to be around for the long term. So you as a leader can influence them by shaping their thinking, shaping their thoughts around the importance of consistency and the benefits of consistency um, long term and how that is a sustainable way to build and it will bring the results that they want because it compounds over time. And oftentimes people tend to believe that massive success comes from massive amount of activity. And that's not always necessarily true. Oftentimes what brings massive success are small daily 
things that are so simple to do that they are just as simple not to do, and so they get overlooked, or they just don't get done because they seem insignificant. However, they truly do add up over time. So it would be like if I was a couch potato and I decided that I wanted to get myself in shape, I would start by taking a 15-minute walk every single day. If I were to take a 15-minute walk every day for a week, would I see a huge shift in my body composition from that? Probably not. But what if I did a 15-minute walk every day for an entire year? Would I see results and changes then? Absolutely. And what would likely happen is if I just committed to 15 minutes a day and I did that for a whole month, I would feel a little more confident. And then in that second month, I might say, you know what, I'm going to do 20 minutes a day and I would do a little more. And even on my busiest days, I could fit that in and I was committed to fitting that in. I would build confidence just because I was seeing patterns of consistency. I was proving to myself that I can keep promises to myself. And it's not just going to continue to be a pattern of, oh, well, I've had this thoughts and feelings before of feeling highly motivated. And then we see how long that's lasted in the past. You can literally change your level of self-confidence by changing small habits of consistency and keeping promises to yourself. And that brings up the next thought of, I'm not a consistent person. Again, that is a label that people put on themselves. And it, the result of that label is just low confidence. But also, again, it's a choice. So I would ask this person, do you want to be a person who is consistent? What do you really, truly want What would the results be if you were a person that you considered to be a consistent person? And is it important to you to become that person or is it more important to you to feel comfortable? And either way is fine. I just want to know how to best support you in what your goals are and what you want. So I am just curious. So these are the types of questions that I would ask, and that is exactly how I would ask them in a way that challenges them to think and shapes their thinking, but doesn't have any judgment attached to it. Because it's not about me and what I want. It's about them and what they want. So I would truly just want to know from them, are they okay with the results that they have in their life right now? And if not... What would they be willing to do in order to have change? Okay, so hopefully this empowers you guys to get to the root of some of these thought patterns and beliefs that can cause a lack of consistency and will help you to influence your people to move toward their highest potential instead of letting some of these common thought patterns rob them of what they are truly capable of. Okay, so we have talked about people who have not been recruiting consistently because they have not been taking consistent action. And next week, I want to jump into the people who are taking consistent action, but they're just not getting consistent results. See you next week. 
Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Be sure to check out my website, BrittanyHoward.com, for more content on the blog. And if this was at all valuable to you today, could you do me a favor and share it? Don't forget to tag me. Talk to you soon.